0: From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 50-50 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 50-50 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people
1: who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA. Founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 50-50 podcast,
0: powered by College Promoters USA, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you local in the San Antonio and or Austin area, you can find them locally here in San Antonio at the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, you can also find them on social media, on Instagram, or I'm sorry, yes, on Twitter at College at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA, and, all, and you can also get more info on them on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is the main man in charge of the Texas A&M Corpus Christy Islanders. He is their head women's soccer coach, Coach Craig Shaw. Coach, how are you? Oh, good, mate.
2: Cheers. Thanks for having me on, Hector.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, excited to have you here. Uh, really, I know this has kind of been in the works, <laughs> what seems, for, like, I don't know, a couple of months. But we're we're excited we finally got you here. We appreciate your, your accessibility.
2: And we're ready to dive in. Hope you're ready. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was going to actually be a video uh, interview, so I would have done something with my hair.
0: I, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain, coach. I feel your pain. All right. So, all right. So uh, briefly, coach, you don't have to give us the full, obviously the full bio, but just tell us a little bit as to, you know, where, where you're from, where you kind of, where you came from, where you've been and how you ultimately got to uh, Corpus Christi.
2: Okay. Yeah. So if you notice, I speak funny. So I'm, I'm from Australia. I'm not from England or New Zealand. I'm from Australia. Um, so I came over in 2001. I got a scholarship to play soccer at a D2 school uh, called Carson Newman in Tennessee. Uh, played there for four years, won two championships, went to an Elite Eight, Sweet 16 uh, national tournament. And then at that stage there, I was deciding what I was going to do. I got actually some offers from some agents, sports agents, to uh, go work for them. And then I actually, uh, I Got into college coaching. So I went and did my master's, got my master's in business up in Iowa. It's the Ambrose where I was on the men's side for two years. Up there, got my first head coaching job at an NAI school called Ottawa University just outside Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, Was there for three years, uh, won two championships there and went to the national tournament. Got the opportunity to start a Division II program from scratch uh, out at Fort Hayes State University in Western Kansas. Uh, was there for seven years won two championships went to a Sweet 16 with them and then got the opportunity to come down here to Corpus Christi and I've been here for uh five seasons now I'm gonna start my six
0: great stuff i I noticed I did uh, I did notice when you say Kansas that uh, that I guess that little bit of that kansan accent comes out there a little bit when you say Kansas right
2: I noticed that yeah it must be the western Kansas in me seven <laughs> years guess. ten years total in Kansas so
0: yeah. Awesome. So, where about uh, where about in Australia are you originally
2: from? I'm from the Gold Coast, which is about 40 minutes south of Brisbane. Um, okay. It's a little town called Surface Paradise, is where Billabong started, gotcha. um, where all the good beaches are.
0: Okay. Awesome. So now I got to ask you this because my interactions my interaction with a lot of people from Australia has been that have had a chance to be in Texas. They've often compared Australia to Texas for a number of reasons, just how, va- how different it is and all the different, the geography and whatnot. Is, is that your take on it? What's, what's your take on that?
2: So for me, like where I'm at right he- here now in Corpus Christi reminds me of home where I grew up. So when I grew up, the Gold Coast was a family oriented town. It was laid back, relaxed, beach going, um, about 250,000 people, um, and that's what Corpus Christi is right now. Now my Gold Coast has now turned into like a San Diego. It's like a million people. You've got to be rich to live there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what kind of why I like enjoy Corpus Christi personally and for my family with three kids is growing up in a family oriented town that is just relaxed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about, so you've been there now for five years, right? Yep. You, made, you made the move. You come from Kansas. We talk about this past year you finished fourth, but we, before we talk more about last year and then going forward, tell us in your total time, there five seasons. Um, what has that been like and making that that, that leap, that jump to, to D one as well?
2: Yeah, it's just um, difficult, <laughs> stressful, um, just getting here and and having to take over a program that had only won three games um, was tough. And when I got here too, uh, my assistant side that I brought with me, we were looking at only having like nine players when we got here in January. So we had a lot of work to do. Um, And for us, uh, we we worked our butts off and we got ourselves to uh, win the the most record wins in our first season. And then, 2019 get to nine wins and we're on the roll to get there and then COVID hit and as most coaches will tell you it kind of puts the brakes and sometimes a reverse into your into your program because it was a a tough two years
0: yeah 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 no doubt no so last year we look at last year you finished uh i believe you finished fourth in the southland uh and now you're entering uh year six what as you look back on last year do you feel obviously no coach is ever really satisfied? I get that, but did you feel did you feel like you met expectations in terms of where you thought you would end up? Do you feel did you feel like you're maybe ahead of schedule after you had a chance to step back and assess last year? What's your take yeah. on that?
2: Yeah, it? Yeah, depends on which way you look at it. Um, obviously, for myself being. Um, a winner and uh, always trying to win and it's been a while since I've lifted a trophy. So, and I have had to do that a lot in my uh, career. So I'm, I'm wanting to do that again, especially here. I haven't done one here. Uh, for me, it was the fact that we had 20 freshmen and sophomores last year in a squad of 26. Uh, we graduated one girl. Yeah. Um, everybody else in our conference brought back uh, fifth year seniors uh, we're very fifth year graduate school level right. returners and then senior returners. And we were just talking about just bring having one true senior. So we were super young. Um, it was a decision us coaches made uh, with the culture and way we wanted to head. Uh, and it, it worked very well for us. For us to come fourth, um, I felt like we beat the best team that I felt that was in the conference, McNeese, um, in one of our games that we played right. twice. Right. Uh so the, the style we played worked brilliantly. The attitudes the team had were brilliant. Uh, the culture has flipped totally. So I feel like we're in a really good place with a very young team. And we go into this next year with only two, one graduate senior and two other seniors. So we are still very, very young. So I'm super excited about what we can do.
0: Yeah, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, correct me on this, your one your one graduating senior was uh, – she's a local product, San Antonio product, right, Sam Palomino, I believe? Sam or? Palomino,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, she was wanting to come back and play for us. So that's how much we changed the culture here. She yeah. was wanting to come back and play her next year. We just don't have a master that she wants to do. So mm-hmm. we're out there now helping her uh, find jobs. So I've had helped her find three or four offers right now. She's going through the offers of um, okay. graduate school, um, at different institutions, not to play. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't want to play anymore. She's decided she's had ACL uh, problems yeah. in the past, so yeah. and she doesn't feel like she wants to play anywhere else other than for us. But we're helping to find somewhere to go.
0: There you go. Okay. Well, shout out to her and congratulations on her recent graduation. I know the local uh, local Brandeis High School product. So shout out to her for sure.
2: Oh, um,
0: so this past um, talk to us. One of the big things I know. Obviously we. We interact with you all and track you all closely on social media. And I know one of the big things we picked up on here was that I know you were really liking what you saw this past spring. It was your first spring and and what was it, three years, two years? Since
2: twenty nineteen Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah. so so your first spring since twenty nineteen had you really excited. Talk to us a little bit about the the spring that you had, what you liked, what you saw, and how it has you excited about uh, this this false upcoming season.
2: So I'm different to a lot of coaches. I love the spring. A lot of coaches I've noticed try to get their guys in and out, get the season over, done with, and get their break. Uh, For me, I want to take every minute I can of the spring. For me, the fall is about the team concept. We're trying to figure out how, as a team, how we can beat the other teams and win the most games. For me, the spring is about development. Um, I'm a coach that's huge on development. I went through that as a player. I was 10 million times a better player my senior year than I was my freshman year. So those springers where we can, as coaches, we can split up our midfielders and our defenders and our forwards and we can get in the weight room. We can do individual work with people. So the spring is huge and we haven't had one. Um, so that combination of not having one <laughs> since 2019 got me super excited because you actually become a coach. Like you, you look at the European concept Um, In the fall, we're more of a manager than we are a coach. We're putting pieces together to win games, right? So in the spring is when we actually, you show your mustard. You go out there and you actually coach and you get them developing as a player. Um, You get them more technical. You get them faster. You get them stronger. You get an understanding the runs they should be making. You get all these things in the spring. So for us, we got that, right? (laughs) And then for me, this team made me fall in love with coaching again um going through the covid period uh going through the culture problems that we had here uh th- this group got me i was thinking of quitting right i was thinking of getting out of coaching you look at like wow. there's been 20 to 25 um long-term coaches who are at the top of their game have got out of coaching recently and right. th- that covid burnt a lot of us coaches out it was tough and this team Made me fall in love with the game and love with coaching again. So adding the spring, which I love and adding this team, which made me fall in love with the game again, that's why you saw on social media that I was ecstatic, <laughs> happy, loving it again.
0: I absolutely love that piece, coach. That's awesome. You know, I think oftentimes, whether it be administrators or especially our student athletes, they they forget or they don't think about, and partially because it's not necessarily their job to think about that. The burnout can also apply sometimes to our the coaching staffs, right? Yeah. Uh, burnout or just the hey not not feeling the whether it be the passion, the purpose, right, the the connection with your student athletes. So that's very big. That's awesome to hear. Uh, thank you for sharing that.
2: Um, and I think that happens at every level. I think it happens right. at club level, high school level, like the pros, I mean, professional. Yeah. yeah, it gets yeah. to that. It gets to that point. I mean, especially yeah. those if anybody is out there who is a club coach or especially a high school coach. You're not getting paid enough to do this. Like you do it because you love it, and when that love's gone, that's when you get that burnout, and you question, like, yeah, what's my purpose? Am I making a difference in these students?
0: And there may, there may very well be no, no greater compliment you can pay, you can pay your current players, your current team than that one right there. So that's awesome. That's that's great stuff. Um, so you talk about development, coach. So for for some of uh, recruits that may be listening across the state maybe across the country, parents that might be listening, and you mentioned about being big on development. A lot of our players, current club players, high school players included, right, they've heard that. Parents have heard that. But from your perspective, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but tell us what you mean by that in terms of the approach and you're big on development. How does What can some of maybe those recruits or parents th- uh, think of when they think Coach Shaw AM Corpus Christi and development. What does that mean to you?
2: So the big thing with that is it doesn't matter what club you come from. You might have the best coach, you might pay the most money to go to a club, or you might not be able to afford to go to club. When we go recruit, we look for a skill set that excites us that can fit us into our style of play. Uh, we have a specific style of play. We're a lot different to most division one programs. We like to play out from the back. We like to play through the midfield. I was a centre midfielder. Um, my assistant coach Hunter Nail was a centre midfielder. Nicole Randall, my other um, coach, she was a centre midfielder. Like we live and breathe the game, playing through the lines. So um, that's not always the way it was is built during the club scene. Um, so we've got girls on our team who are very, very fast forward. So. I work with the forwards, Nicole Randall works with the midfielders, and then Hunter now works with my back line. And then we have a, a coach who works with our goalkeepers. So we cover the lines. Um, for my biggest thing is, when I work with my forwards, is we want the ball to their feet. So we want them to go play through the back line to the midfield, to the forwards, and that's not always the case. So if I recruit somebody who's super fast as a forward, they might be used to getting that ball over the top all the time. So now we're having to change their mindset of, okay, well, there's times to get in behind, there's times to get the ball to your feet and going one-on-one. So there's a style change that might have to happen in the college level. And then everybody develops at different times. So we might have girls who come in as freshmen and hit the ground running. We might have girls who struggle with the change for a little bit. Doesn't mean we write them off and they're not gonna end up playing for us. It's just it takes time. And that even within that first year as a freshman, some might hit the ground running for the first three weeks and then hit their wall and struggle a little bit. But other ones might get going until halfway through the season. So we constantly look at that development during the the first semester. And then we sit down with them at the end of the fall, tell them what we're going to work on during the spring. We actually sit down with a development plan with them, write down the two things that they want to improve we tell them the two things we want them to improve and then we go through that process with them through the spring
0: well done great breakdown thank you for that coach so you mentioned freshmen, right so give us a little bit of insight what you can share with us in terms of numbers uh what has you excited about this incoming uh incoming recruiting class
2: of freshmen that that are inbound to you there in corpus yes so this class is actually very different for us so we're bringing in eight players um Two are transfers, which um, we're super excited about, one from Oklahoma State and one from Texas Women's. Um, We haven't had a transfer probably for about three years. Um, I get real picky about transfers. Um, I don't bring in transfers or junior college kids unless I really, really feel like I can develop them in that short uh, time span. Uh, Because my worry with transfers a lot of times and and junior college kids is that by the time I've gotten where I want them, they're gone. (laughs) So I really do prefer freshmen. Uh, Two of our freshmen already came in this spring, the two girls from Germany. Um, And and they came luckily because big thing with international as well, it's a totally different game from Europe and South America Mm -hmm. than it is to the United States, the speed of play the physicality. So it was great for them to come in the spring instead. And then we've got other four girls who are coming in too that add a lot to us when it comes to uh, creativity, speed, and then just high end potential on them, um, because we do have a um, a lot of girls returning. Uh, we don't have to rely on freshmen to come in and and win for us straight away. Uh, but in saying that, is uh, for us as coaches, uh, we don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. If you play for us one year, one month, we're gonna put people out onto the field that help us win. Um, we've we've benched since our time here at Islanders. We've We've been senior captains before because somebody else is playing better.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, what has been maybe that you can share uh, for your internationals, the transfers that, you know, it's big. Obviously, they get to arrive, spend the spring with you. What has been, what has that transition for them, what has that been
2: like? Oh, for the two Germans we brought in this, this spring. So, we haven't brought many internationals in. Um, right. We've been really uh, sticking to a lot of freshmen these past four years. Uh, so, these are first diving into the international pool, um, apart from our Aussie, um, which is a lot easier to, <laughs> with the language barrier. So, right. yeah, they came in hardly speaking the language and um, they've worked really hard in the classroom, uh, got good grades, improved their English a lot. and, I mean, they got in here in the spring. It's a little bit heavier on the in the weight room than it yeah. is in the, in the fall. And these two had never lifted weights before. Like, they mm. didn't even know how to do some of the lifts. And uh, great with our strength and conditioning coach. has got enough assistance to be able to sit down. And we had a, a GA literally work with those two and go through the basics with them to help them catch up to everybody who obviously right. – in America, it's very popular in, in high school and club and getting into college to lift weights. And we're not talking like crazy lifts. We're just talking basic bench press or basic mm, right. curls and things like that that they've never even know what to lift and pick up. So um, it, it's been a a, a a long transition for them. Uh, that's why I'm super excited that they came in the spring because, to be honest, a lot of internationals, if they come into the fall... A lot of times they waste a season of eligibility because yeah. they just, it's so eight, 18 to 20 games packed into two months. By the time they've caught up to everybody, <laughs> season's over.
0: That's a huge adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I asked the question. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So, um, one question that I've been asking uh, a lot of the college coaches that I've been speaking with as of late has been, Helping our again help so we have our our PSAs right our prospective student athletes that might be listening across the state across the country and or parents right is you're attending so these recruiting showcases recruit different events that you get to that you get to attend what from your perspective and your coaching staff coaching staff's perspective give us a little insight as to you know, what that day looks like, what you're looking for, little kind of maybe some do's and don'ts. What what does that look like from a coach's perspective?
2: So you, ha- you have to understand as a PSA that we literally get 80 to 100 emails for each tournament. Um, so you have to stand out somehow. Um, biggest ways to stand out is, A, get the the school name right, get the coach's name right have that a lot, um, <laughs> that you don't put every school and mass email out everybody in the same oh, no. yeah. email yeah. that happens to, right. um, okay. but not that we are, aren't silly we, Us coaches know that <laughs> you're emailing everybody else, but just make us feel a little special.
1: Right.
2: Uh, right. So yeah. when we, when we look at that stuff, like we need to know the basic information as soon as possible, we don't need your life story, uh, going into looking at you. We need the first paragraph to tell us the correct name, the correct school, the number that you're wearing, um, that's a sentence of why you're interested in us. Like that you've actually looked at our website kind of thing. Um, And and then your schedule, like just pop out to us because we're going through and making our schedules before we arrive. So it's a three day tournament. We make our schedules to try to see as many teams as we can those first two days and that third day, that's when we're going back and seeing people for a second time that we like those first two days. Yeah. So if you want to get onto us, um, schedule, you've got to make yourself pop. You've got to say something. I mean, we've had some great ones. Um, uh, we've had some ones who have gone through and go through like my career and I'm going to say, Hey, I knew you were at Fort Hayes beforehand. You won this much. And then you went to here, I'm excited. Or, Hey, I know that, um, Corpus Christi has my major in Marine biology or, they throw a joke in. We've had a girl who threw a joke in that nice. we freaking love. We love dad jokes. So we got <laughs> dad joke in there. Hey, we're going to watch this kid. Like nice. you just make yourself, you've got to do marketing 101. you got to right. make yourself out there.
0: How much does the plan going into day one, How how often does it change by the time from when you leave campus, right, to when you arrive, how much does it change on average?
2: Well, you just tell my assistants right now, they both went out to New Jersey ECNL and the first day was rained out, but two time slots. So (laughs) the whole uh, uh, Hunter now put the whole program together for the weekend, what we're going to be watching, where we're going to be going, all that kind of stuff. And everything goes up that straight first day. So that's where you sit back up that next night and you go through and go, hey, now we're looking at this because um, some games we want to have two assistants out of field. Some games we just want to have one assistant and let somebody go to a different field. Um, a lot of that changes based on weather, and that's been a huge thing lately. Obviously, with the New Jersey one that just happened, and I remember going to Florida ECNL where it got rained out for a day and a half as well. So it's eh, unfortunately not down to the players. Sometimes the weather affects right. a lot of things.
0: Right. He is uh, Craig Shaw, the head women's soccer coach of the Texas Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders coach. So for for those same PSAs that may be listening or parents they may be listening, uh, but particularly those recruits, tell us a little bit about Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Why, in terms of whether it's the school and and the program, why should they consider it?
2: Um, I don't believe I'm allowed to go into that. Mm. To be honest, by NCAA rules, so I'm not going to go into that depth of why you should come play for me. Um, but I want to just give out some college advice to some people. Um, don't get stuck on levels. Don't get stuck on NAIA D one or break or D two or junior college. There's good programs at every level. I've been a I coach and I I coach D2 and now I'm at division one. Um, Don't get caught up on the power five, like find a school that's there's no perfect school, right? There's no perfect school, but just go find the balance between game time that you can get some scholarship that you can get. What is going to cost overall as well? Not just look at the scholarship. I mean, you might get a $20,000 scholarship but a school 60 grand to go to. It might not be worth getting $40,000 in debt. Um, Don't get caught up in it. The the labels as well, because there's schools at junior college, NIA level, division two, that can beat division ones and vice versa. Like uh, my biggest thing is just get a good feel of the campus, uh, the major. That's what you have to do women's soccer. You've got to look at getting your degree. Like I know everybody wants to go play pro, but even those pros aren't getting paid a lot of money. You can work at McDonald's and earn more money than most of these pros are getting paid. So Get The degree you want, um, so I, that's what I'd rather talk about than and then the, my school is the fact that you right. you do a, a search over across 10 different things that can be your home away from home when you go to school, right.
0: and a correction on that a little bit more of what I meant to say. Ask on that was maybe something we may not know about the area or the school or your program, but I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, thank you for adjusting on that one. Um, so Thoughts. One of the big things that we saw quite a bit during the pandemic and as we come out of the pandemic was where you saw more college coaches being able to attend and make it in a making it a point to attend more Texas high school soccer games. Right. Um, so obviously it's, it's not to the level of a recruiting, you know, of a college recruiting showcase event such as New Jersey, as you mentioned. Uh, but what you're just in general, what are your thoughts from maybe what you've heard or been able to observe? What are your
2: thoughts on Texas high school soccer? I mean, I wish I could attend more, to be honest. It's just budgets don't allow for it because we can attend here in in Corpus Christi if teams will come down here. That's easy for us. But we're talking two and a half hours to go watch the San Antonio game. We're talking three and a half hours to watch Houston, three and a half to Austin. Um, Those schools that are located in those areas, I'm jealous. I mean, I wish I could go out and watch a high school game or two each week. It's just not possible for us. Uh, and the problem is for us as well is that we practice during the spring and our practices run from February to uh, end of April. So we're only able to really get out to the end of season postseason games. So, I mean, I'm one of those coaches, unfortunately, that doesn't get to many high school games just because logistically, time-wise, it doesn't make, it um, doesn't fit. <laughs> I'd have to be skipping practices to go, to go watch them. And then financially, if I spend four or $500 to go up to watch a couple of high school games to see two to four teams, I could spend that going out to Houston for a weekend and watching 20, 30 teams in a a tournament. So especially with COVID times and budgets have been cut, budgets are reduced. We've got to make every penny go as far as we can. So I wish I could sit here and and tell you (laughs) that I attend all these high school games. (laughs) I just, I just, I don't. So it's one of those things that if you come to Corpus Christi and you're playing for some reason, you're from San Antonio or from Austin or Houston, you're coming down for a game, that's when you need to hit me up to, to come for me to watch you in those high school games. I mean, it, not saying we don't do it. We do, especially if we've seen somebody maybe at a club event first and when we've seen them, we like them, we're getting prepared to make an offer, and then we'll make it a point to go watch them in a different environment. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but it's not our initial uh, starting point when it comes to recruiting, unfortunately. Right. Right. Wish I could lie to you, but... <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> so what can we, as we start transitioning here, Coach, uh, what can we expect from Islander soccer this fall?
2: I'm excited. Um, and it's one of those things, uh, on paper, <laughs> we're bringing back a lot of players and we've added a lot of uh, pieces that, w- that we're missing. Uh, big thing for me is... And every college coach, what are they doing during the summer? Because unfortunately, not like basketball, where we get two months of working with them before the season starts, we turn up preseason If they haven't been doing the work, it doesn't matter how good you look on paper. So uh, that's my my biggest fear because this is the most excited I've been going into a a full season uh, since I've been here. Uh, The kids are coachable. The kids uh, take the balance between having a good time and wanting to win. Uh, I've got a lot more players in my personality and my coach's personality, assistant coaches personalities where we want to have a good time, but we make sure we work hard. We make sure that we are doing everything we can prepare to win um, and then taking care of things in the classroom as well. So for the first time in six years, I've got the overall balance and I feel like we're a, a actual, a division one squad for the first time. So I'm excited to go out there and test that.
0: Wow. All right. Well done. So last question here, All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Okay. So the 20, 2022 season Finish this sentence. The 2022 season will be a success
2: if. Oh, we stopped right there. Okay. okay. So, uh, If we are going into the final uh, week, uh, two weekends competing for a championship. So, not if we win one or not, but if we're going in there to the death in the last two weekends, which is probably three games, going to the last three games, and we are up there competing for that championship, it's going to come down to those last three games. Just like the Premier League came down to the last weekend, that's kind of where we want to be at. We want to be uh, competing for it on the end of the day. We don't want our season – over before we go into that last weekend right
0: right well well said well said all right coach well hey that's going to do it for segment one we know you're going to stick around with us for segment two for our counterattack segment uh so for our listeners as well don't go anywhere we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors
1: college promoters usa founded and located in san antonio operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in texas that brings a truly professional local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes.
2: Back on
0: and we're back with Coach uh, Craig Shaw, the head women's soccer coach of the Texas NM Corpus Christi Islanders. Coach, are you ready? This is where we get to pick on you.
2: Yeah, that's all right. My kids just walked in thinking it was over. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no,
0: you're me. good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <get> um, away. <laughs> all right. So first question right off the bat, any game day superstitions or rituals as a coach, not as a player?
2: Uh, as a coach, um, I dress up in dress pants, dress shoes, polo, bucket hat.
0: Every game, no matter what, on the road yep. at home doesn't matter. Yep. All right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yep. I did. I did pick Evans. up on that on some of those photos too. I know. I yep.
2: That. yep. I, that's that's my thing. That's my gimmick. Is my bucket hat, white sunglasses, polo, dress pants, dress shoes. Has been cool. since I started back in two thousand and seven.
0: So where did that materialize? Did that start somehow from some particular thing? Or
2: okay, so I've always loved bucket hats. So I've been that since Australia. So I always wore bucket hats. The um, dress pants and polo came because I was a head coach at 25. Um, so a game day, I wanted to distinguish myself. I wanted to look professional. I wanted to um, make the girls realize that it was a big deal game day. So that's where it came from.
0: Nice. Awesome. I concur. I agree with you on the bucket hats, especially when you get the, uh, the Chrome dome, right? Uh, Yeah. They're lifesavers. Absolutely. So, all right, next one, strangest thing in your refrigerator right now.
2: Oh gosh. Um, a lot of stuff, condiments. I literally think we have every single condiment you could name. Uh, we, I just made dinner tonight and my goodness, like searching through the 20 different condiments we have is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Here's a, here's one that might, might take you a second on this one. So from what you can recall, the, the most random thought you've had enter your mind during a game, right in the middle of a match.
2: In the middle of a match. Um, probably wasn't going to have for dinner.
0: There you go. That's not the smart <laughs> sometimes, man, right? It's sometimes a smart that,
2: man. That's not random. Sometimes that second half or overtime, you're a little bit, yeah. um, is also another one is uh, usually because, okay, so my superstition or my tick during games is drink water. So growing up uh, and my early career, yelled at referees a lot, Um, still do a bit. Uh, One big thing that stops me doing that is drinking a lot of water. So I go through a full bottle of water uh, during warm-up, another one through the first half. So a lot of times during the second half, if I haven't had a chance to go to a bathroom break at home, is usually like, where can I go pee? Um, so I remember 2016, um, in the national tournament, we were in the Sweet 16 and it went to overtime. I had to jump the fence at uh, Minnesota Mankato and go in the bushes and have to jump back over the fence during the first uh, overtime. So, waiting wow. to go to the bathroom, especially as I get older, gotta Damn. go a lot more.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. That's a great one. That's a great one. Thank you for sharing. So, All right, last book you read or maybe are currently reading.
2: Oh, I don't read. Yeah, Sorry about that. Um, I I don't read. I read a lot of um, news articles and stuff on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Don't really read. Um, One of my players tried forcing me to read. She gave me her little tablet about three years ago. And Ready Player One was the book I read on that. And then, oh, The Martian. Those are the two she made me read. And it was Long Road Trips. And I haven't read since. And that was four years ago. So I'm not a big reader. She forced me to read, loved them, and then watched the movies. And Ready Player One did not live up to it. Yeah. Live up to the book. So.
0: And that's usually the case, but yeah. So that's why I'd rather
2: watch a movie. Like, if it's a good book, it's going to come out on a movie, right? Right.
0: (laughs) Audiobooks? Don't do audiobooks (laughs) either, huh?
2: No, I don't. No. no. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. So next one, this one kind of can ruffle some feathers sometime. Favorite and least favorite soccer team.
2: So you said most and least, or no, yeah, time is that
0: favorite and least favorite?
2: Soccer favorite. Team. I'm a Tottenham Hotspur supporter.
0: Yeah, we covered so, that. We covered that in the pregame, as we call it here. Yep. So, yeah. So we forgive you for that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a rough 30 years supporting them. So, yeah. hey, hey, we snuck in fourth and. We yes. beat my least favorite, Arsenal. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of figured that one when you answered when you answered the first one, but I thought I'd still ask for everyone. So yeah,
2: no All worries. Yeah, don't like the Arsenal. All and right. uh funny thing is, my assistant Nicole Randall is an Arsenal supporter. So of course if you listen to this to Nicole, happy <laughs> to have fourth place.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates that. <laughs> All right, so next one. Um, you are appointed the czar of soccer in America. What is one thing you'd change effective tomorrow, in in regards to soccer in America?
2: Oh, not gonna. People aren't gonna like this. The pay to play. Yeah, we've got to get more people into the game of soccer. We've got to get more people loving soccer. We've got to get more people into um, taking it as a, a viable option over the 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 basketballs and the footballs. Um, everybody play. All I hear since I've been in America is, "Oh, I played that when I was a kid," and then they right. chose the basketball route or the football route, there's more money in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got it, we've got to make it uh, feasible for the youth to stay with it, do it. And then we've got to make a, a better way of getting those kids who have to make that decision, those pure athletes who have to choose between football, soccer, and basketball and pick the sport is we've got to make it uh monetary enabled for them. Like, think about it, like think about football and basketball. You've got 15 players on a basketball team. They all get full rides. Football, there's, what, 60-something scholarships. Men's soccer has nine for a squad of 28-30.
0: D1 uh, is up to 85 when it comes to college football now.
2: There you go. So, like, it's understandable for American kids to turn around and parents to turn around at 14 or 15 going, hey, we need to focus on one sport to be able to get a college scholarship. And when there's way more options for basketball and football, I don't blame them for choosing it. So that's the problem. Um, is getting those kids to choose soccer. And at the moment, when there's nine scholarships to be spread over 28 players, that's not going to get them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would – they are making a uh, movie of your life. Who would play you in a movie? What famous actor would play you in a movie?
2: Oh, God. Um, I get told Edward Norton a lot. Um, Oh. I don't know what it is about that, but I get told uh, (laughs) him. Most of your viewers probably uh, have not heard of Edward Norton. He hasn't done anything for a while. Um, But I know I'd like a Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, someone with a suave and good looks, just to (laughs) make me look a little bit better than I am.
0: There you go. All right. So, uh, in three words, you're limited to three words. Why did you become a coach? I love soccer. Perfect. It's perfect. All right. Any hidden talents that maybe only a select few may know? Something that you that you can do? Something? Any hidden talents out there?
2: I'm a pretty decent cook. Nice. I'm above average. Cook. I enjoy. I enjoy it. I do a lot. Uh, we cooked uh, orange chicken tonight with uh, a side of broccoli with uh, garlic and uh, lemon. So, I'm cooking chicken parmesana tomorrow. There you go. So. What, what brought that on? Yeah.
0: Quite good. What brought that on? Did you just stumble across that, just started experimenting and liked it? Actually, I,
2: funny story is I actually started in high school, uh, ninth grade. Um, you In eighth grade, you have to do home ec, which is sewing and cooking. You get it. And then after that, in ninth grade, I chose to do it. Um, my uncle was a famous chef in Australia, and um, he inspired me to be a cook. So I actually took – home ec um from all the way from ninth grade all the way to senior year so not only do i know how to cook and cook well i actually can sew too so that's probably yes i can i can get on a sewing i can get on a sewing machine a serger i can i can whip you up a, a dress or a pair of shorts or whatever you want there
0: i tell i tell that story every now and then when sewing happens to come up i tell people uh that my that that I can sew, you know, I'm not going to say I'm like anything that great, but I learned to sew. And people always ask me, it's like, really use, like, where did that happen? And I tell them that of all places, back in my active duty military days is a uh, sniper school of all places is where yeah. I learned to, is where I learned to sew. <laughs> yeah. So, cause you gotta, you gotta create your ghillie suit and everything has to be contained, no Velcro, any of that. So yeah, that's where I learned well
2: wow. you can you can yeah. shoot them down and fix them up yeah. okay pretty
0: off, the, yeah. pretty off the wall I know but yeah, yeah well it. thank you for your service yes sir thank you I appreciate that um next one so if not a soccer coach you would have been a what
2: um, a ceo of a million dollar company um, I did I did my undergrad. I double majored. I did management with a marketing emphasis and then an accounting degree and then went on to uh, do my master's of business. I um, also owned a sports store at 17 till I was 21 when I moved over here. So business has always been a part of my life. Um, so if I didn't go into soccer, I had offers to be a, a sports agent. I uh, probably would have turned that into making and owning my own company on that side of things. So uh, nowadays, real estate interests me. Um, I have a couple of uh, rental properties here in town and um, I, I enjoy buying houses and then flipping them and, and renting them out.
0: Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. I, I like that. All right. So, last one, coach. This one's a little bit more reflective. Uh, so, reflective. Oh. All right. Lesson, lesson or maybe, maybe one key lesson learned, something that resonates with you uh, coming out of the pandemic as we transition out of the pandemic
2: here. It's about the people. It's not about the X's and O's. I've always been X's and O's. I've been way more tactical than any other coach. Um, but now just knowing what people have gone through and what we didn't have that ability to be one-on-one and do video work that ability to be giving high fives and being able to chat close range and um now now it's changed me like the coach and going through this pandemic is has changed me as a coach I, i value a lot more i've always cared about my athletes i've always put them first above myself but there's a different level now to that, that I have found um, above the ex's nose. Is it that uh, deeper knowledge about each of one of my athletes um, that I want to be there for them, for whatever I can do, whatever can help them out, because we've gone through some rough times and we've gone through that times where we've been traveling on buses separate with masks on. You couldn't talk, like, bus rides used to be the best part of right. college athletics, the amount of times you play music and watch movies and have a great time on a bus, like that was part of great. Well, back in my day, we were in vans, but these days in buses, (laughs) um, that was part of the magic going to and back from on a bus ride. And that's been taken away. So that interpersonal relationship and that's really made me miss it and Mm -hmm. value it so much more.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's funny you mentioned the bus rides because that was one of the things over, over the years. And talking to my my different you know different players, different athletes at different you know different coaching jobs where I've been, and they all they all seem to reference as one of their absolute favorite memories the bus rides. Right? They reference it pretty regularly. I was kind of surprised, but yeah, they, they always somehow, almost to a T, at some point they all reference. The bus rides and how much yeah, I mean you get my assistant
2: is. you get my assistant coach DJ Hunter on it and that's sing along the whole way back.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. This great stuff. Coach, this has been great. We've really appreciated having you on. Again, he is Craig Shaw, the head women's soccer coach of the Texas AM Corpus Christi Islanders. Uh have absolutely loved having you on, coach. Thank you for this. We appreciate your no accessibility. Worries. So cheers. Thanks um, for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we go as customary, we try to have kind of our final thoughts uh, uh, and you as our guest, we want you to go first. Any, Oh, one thing I did want to ask as well is do you have any upcoming, uh, any upcoming camp camp dates, anything that you can share on that front?
2: Yeah, we have four camps upcoming. Uh, The first one coming up is on June 18th. Um, And what we try to do with camps is, it's a huge recruiting tool for us. We're not here to make money from it. We limit to 35 people um, and we have our all four coaches there. And we really try to dive in and get to know that player during the two sessions. We have a morning session, afternoon session. We don't charge an arm and a leg. It's a hundred dollars for the two sessions. Uh, They're both, hour and a half to two hours long each. And then we limit the numbers too, because we just want to use it. Uh, you get to know a lot about a player from working with them for four hours instead of watching him for 45 minutes on the right. sidewalk. Yeah. So, yeah
0: so, And those dates are when again, coach?
2: The first one is uh, June 18th and the rest you can go onto the Islander website and, and look at that because I don't have them off the top of my head.
0: Right. No, no, that's great. So awesome. Great stuff. Uh, appreciate again, appreciate having you on. And the last, last piece uh, as we got a little chime in here uh, from I guess your assistant here best best oh. DJ in South Texas
2: huh <laughs> Hunter on <is> easy <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: um so but as customary you as our guest we'll let you go first coach any final thoughts thank you shout outs anything you'd like to share
2: uh for me is like I love I never got the opportunity to, to go through the process of college recruiting so um, I kind of didn't even know what Tennessee was when I <laughs> signed up to go play for Carson Newman. So um, even if you're not interested in my school, I'm happy always to answer emails and bounce ideas off of what it is to look for the right fit for the right program for somebody. So uh, don't be afraid to, to use me. If you listen to this podcast, mention it in the first sentence. And even if you're not interested in coming to the beach to play soccer, I'm happy to help you find out and, and help your pathway to, to find the right fit for you.
0: Great. Great. Thank you. And my final thoughts, last thing I wanted to leave everybody with, um, tough time right now in our state, obviously, particularly in this area in South Texas, whereas, as we all know at this point, about a little over an hour west of here of San Antonio, the recent events, uh, in, uh, in Uvalde. So keeping them, keeping that community there in Uvalde in, in our thoughts, the entire community, and, uh, obviously just continuing to, uh, Hope, hope for change and uh, hoping that um, th- that positive change can come from this very, very, very horrific, unfortunate event. So uh, again, in our thoughts, in our prayers for all the people from the Uvalde community and anyone who has uh, been affected by it. So uh, and that's really all, all we really wanted to share and didn't want, it's already a tough enough subject. didn't want to bring it down a little bit, but final thoughts that I wanted to share for today. So, Again, thank you, Coach. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time, your accessibility for our listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, you're the reason why we do it. And uh, go out there. Again, you can find us on on social, on uh, Twitter. You can find us at 50 underscore 50 pod. You can also find us on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as this channel, the YouTube channel, that is. You can find at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. And then the audio portion, the podcast, the audio version of the podcast, you can find that on all major podcast platforms. So thank you again to Coach Shaw. We appreciate uh, we appreciate you. Best of luck in 2022. I think you're going to be bound for great uh, great success this fall. We wish you the best in year six. And to our listeners, thank you again. You're the reason why we do it. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening you've been listening to the 50 50 podcast powered by college promoters usa help us continue to grow by liking rating and subscribing on all major podcast platforms and don't forget to follow us on twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod on instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast as well as on youtube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast until the next time keep downloading and keep listening